This is something that gives me great pause and great anxiety to talk about. This is not something that I've really talked about publicly before, but I feel like I need to talk about it because this is where it would be more, most relevant. Hey there, how's it going everybody? This is Everything in Potteration, the internet culture podcast. And what is more internet culture than cancel culture, which is what we're talking about today. I'm going to um, just cancel myself to get it over with before someone else does it for me. Um, I'm daily and I'm absolutely canceled. I'm Robert and I am ready to clap back. Is that is that how you do it? Yeah, with in between every <laughs> word. Okay. Hi, I'm Colin, and I have to call out one of the listeners of our show. I don't know if I, I w- I'm not going to go as far as say you're canceled, but I got I to talk about a hot take. Mr. David Portnov. Oh, man, I'm so scared. If call I were out. David call right out. now, I'd be so fucking scared. David. Mr. David Portnov, we need to have a conversation, okay? You can, you can reply to this podcast or, or email us your reply to what I'm about to say, but I, I you know, you follow us on Twitter. And you like our stuff, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you. You leave long, kind comments, and you like to give your thoughts, and you give us something to talk about behind the scenes in the show. We appreciate you. Glad you're a listener. All good things. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> I just so happened to stumble upon your Twitter bio, and within your Twitter bio, you say Yakuza 5 is the best Yakuza game. Now, let me tell you something. Oh, no. I recently finished Yakuza 5. Not a bad game. I love the Yakuza series. Big uh, fan. Sh- should we say spoiler alert here? I don't know how far you're going to go. No, I'm, it's not, I'm not going to get into spoiler territory. But to say that Yakuza 5 is the best Yakuza game, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, like, I don't think... Is it a cancelable offense? Uh, might be on that line, teetering on the fence. I, I'm just saying that Yakuza 5 is probably about 20 hours too long. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the hot yeah. take of the day, guys. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun. Yakuza 5 is way too long and needed to cut some content. And the story was straight up fucking ridiculous. David, if you're going to sit here and tell me that Yakuza 5 is better than Yakuza 0, we, we might need to have a conversation. Or Like a Dragon. I think Like a Dragon might be probably one of the best now full disclosure i haven't played the whole yakuza series i'm still like i still have six i still have like a dragon to play i haven't played ishin or kenzan any of the the japanese only ones that hopefully we get ported over here and Jeffy's coming to ps5 soon yakuza dark souls dead souls yakuza dead souls haven't played that one either but a lot of people even pretty unanimously say that one's bad it's just a spinoff where you kill zombies um but yeah david i am curious to to what what is your defense for thinking Yakuza David. 5 is the best game. It's I, your I, turn now, David. Yes. I, I'm <laughs> calling you case. out. And I, I'll be disappointed if I don't hear from you because Yakuza 5 is it suffers from feature creep. It tries to do a lot, and I appreciate a lot of what it tries to do. But ultimately, it just ends up being too much. And it doesn't have the strongest story by any means. Kiryu just kind of gets dragged back okay. into doing Tojo Clan okay. shit. All right. So I haven't played any of the Yakuza games, so I can't comment on it. But um, 
you you have officially been called out, David. No, <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, thanks for commenting the way that you do. We appreciate you. Um, and Colin just doesn't appreciate your uh, taste in Yakuza games. You, you're both big Yakuza fans, but you have apparently the wrong opinion. <laughs> and um, hey, having the wrong opinion, that's in the realm of cancel culture, isn't it? It is. And I also just want to say, David, sorry. <laughs> sorry for feel, all that. You called out. For having that at, whole thing about you. At the very least, even if you don't respond, just remember, you'll be the person who didn't use the first five minutes of their podcast to call out <laughs> one human being. <laughs> We're gonna um, we're gonna start doing that at the beginning of every uh, podcast. Yeah, so we're just gonna start calling uh, this our week. Listeners. It's David. Next week, Brandon. I guess no. I do want to shout out to Brandon here because um, we put out on our Twitter that we were gonna be talking about cancel culture today, and we wanted to know what are your thoughts and feelings about cancel culture. And uh, Brandon had a tweet that I think was uh, very succinct. He said, uh, to me, cancel culture just seems like people getting upset about their actions having consequences. People are allowed to not like you and they're allowed to want nothing to do with you. These are lessons learned on the playground mm. where I spent yeah. most of my days chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Oh, outside wow. The that's oh. pretty sick daily. Have you thought about and then a, a couple song? of guys canceled me. Oh. <laughs> so are you leaving everything in pod to pursue your rap career or yes uh <laughs> i will be i will be heading uh to bel air as it so happens i see um so this Very is my gosh. last episode yeah now, this well, is uh but next episode uh just a quick heads up before we get in deep here we'll be talking about mortal Kombat, where okay. people cancel each other the most <laughs> Well, in a very fatal way, almost. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And when, when, by Mortal Kombat, we mean the new, brand new 2021 movie with yes. the Wub Wub soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, as we did with our uh, Justice League episode, part of that will be spoiler free and part of that will be spoilerific. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just maybe watch that movie if you want to uh, hear our spoilerific thoughts. Yeah, you know, the new film. I, I gotta say, I'm so looking forward to that episode because it's gonna be just like a light-hearted, stupid, dumb episode for us. And I'm already like looking ahead to that, but knowing we have an hour ahead of us of like heavy, dark, yes, <laughs> very, very serious <laughs> topics to talk about. And I'm just like, I want to go play in the playground daily. No, no, can we nope. get to the Mortal Kombat where we kill each other with, we with need you to know, learn fatalities and ripping on each other's playground? Yeah, on the playground, getting yeah. canceled. I did real quick want to say that uh, to Brand what Brandon said, by the way, Brandon, uh, good friend of mine. Uh, outside of the show IRL um to to what he said I would say yes and like I think this is like one aspect of a really large conversation mm -hmm. um mm. like I agree with what he's saying but that's not the only aspect of it right so daily uh, why, don't, why don't you navigate us to where I will what the deep waters of cancel culture right so uh so as we uh, put on our, our flippers here for a deep dive, um, I guess I guess base information. Um, if you haven't familiarized yourself with the concept of canceling, 
Um, congratulations, you're in a very nice part of the internet that I wished I lived there, apparently. Um, but canceling, it, it's hard to define because it can be anywhere from like, oh, we don't like this person because X to we need to actively dogpile on this person because X. Typically, all this takes place on the internet, but there are wide-reaching consequences of canceling that can uh, affect people's livelihood or their relationships, the things that, you know, happen IRL as well. Um, and uh, this this has been a phenomenon for as long as we've had Twitter, pretty much. Um, I recently read uh, Ron Johnson's So You've Been Publicly Shamed. And I mean, he was talking about um, the advent of the the Twitter mob all the way back in like um, 2008. So, it, it, if you're if you're a Zoomer, it's about as old as you. Oh no! Uh oh! It's been here your whole life. Just like fidget um, spinners. Just like fidget spinners. We love we love we don't understand fidget spinners but we love them yeah they anyway. spin how do they work i don't get it how magnets? Yes. just like magnets thank you but that, <laughs> that does bring something up though that like we like us three are collectively among one of the last generations where we aren't completely growing up in the public eye in a lot of senses mm. you know what i'm saying mm. like we're not blasting everything we're doing on social media when we were like small kids or like our parents were blasting you know us growing up on their social medias right like i have a lot of friends on their facebook that show their kids doing all kinds of i mean they're, they're toddlers they're walking or like you know they're hanging out with their kids just all kinds of stuff and a lot i mean that gets into like the conversation behind like oh do, you know should people be doing that because kids can't give consent necessarily et cetera, et cetera. but my point is like a lot of these kids are growing up in the public eye and they don't have a choice. Mm. Your yeah. your whole life, including all your lovely awkward phases, are yes. there for the public to peru peruse? peruse. Peruse. Yeah, I mean MySpace peruse? was like right there when we were like, I don't know, when I was like twelve, I think when MySpace started to blow up, like eleven or twelve. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm after that really it was Facebook sure when I was like, like fourteen. But like there, yeah, so we were like right on that some cusp. Videos of me doing just embarrassing kid shit on myspace somewhere is Maybe your I'll get canceled for that but. documented anyway oh no moving on <laughs> so i wanted to uh now that we know your what canceling is i wanted to to ask the question uh why do we cancel people because i think part of the thorny issue within cancel culture is that there's different answers to this Mm -hmm. I would say the leading um, reason is justice, right? Because we want justice. And it's a very, um, it's a very Robespierrean. I think that's how you say his name. It's a very Robespierre kind of way of doing justice, where if we travel back to the French Revolution, where I, I think they were mad at kings and stuff. Uh, so they, stuff, de yeah. they developed... Cake. They developed a big chef's knife that would behead people and called it the guillotine, which is a pretty badass name. Um, and that is basically a symbol of the proletariat, the lowly, you know, humans of society, the dregs, the poor, the weak, um, being able to band together and finally take down a person in power, the king, right? 
And I think cancel culture is the modern day guillotine in that it's a way for all of us, all of us lowly, pathetic people on Twitter to band together and in sheer numbers be able to call out someone who is in power more often than not uh, for something bad that they've done. And we can finally get justice. Mm. Yeah, I that's actually a really pretty succinct way to put it, I would think. Um, and I'm glad we're doing this episode because I think in a lot of ways, this very topic is exactly the sort of like topic that fits on this podcast like everything in moderation everything in moderation this is a topic with a lot of nuance it requires a sit down and have a long form conversation about like what it means to be canceled like when it should and shouldn't use i mean there's just so many aspects of this and sitting down and having a conversation about it is the best way to i think handle this it's i mean talking about cancel culture isn't something that can easily be talked about over something like twitter is what i'm getting at but then why yeah. does it always happen on Twitter? Hmm. Funny, it isn't sure it? Does. It sure does. I I guess I would answer like Twitter's the most public facing platform at this point. Like not everyone's on Facebook. Facebook's weird. Facebook's got its own issues, but I think people that we don't know are more accessible on Twitter. And I think that you hit on something there, Robert, for sure, where it's like you're we're ultimately wanting to do good. It's like this person did something bad and it hurt people and we should let them know that. And maybe if it's bad enough, then we demand that there be consequences. Because mm -hmm. I think it does feel, it, it comes out of that feeling of powerlessness when you're like a French peasant versus Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake, um, versus... Uh, you know, Jeff Bezos with his empire and then the average Twitter user. That's where we're at now. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if we're going to be canceling Jeff Bezos anytime soon. Right. Um, we're we were going to try. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so where, where I'm coming from with this is I think my opinions of cancel culture have evolved, just like my opinions of most things that kind of change over time, because that's hopefully how humanity tends to work or yeah it turns out learn. that's how human nature works yeah 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 we learn and and change the way we look at life based on those things we learn and that's actually one of the big things i want to hone in on is that people deserve a chance to learn and sometimes cancel culture doesn't allow for that and that's why i'd like to introduce my uh my tenets of two two types of cancel culture if you look at the powerpoint slide seven uh in your attachments um the two types Will i have make here, this powerpoint oh it, you don't see we it? can link it down below oh okay <laughs> um <laughs> one is for accountability right and that is that is the core nugget of cancel culture right i mean it, it bloomed from from black twitter to where it is now where it's widely used by spoiler alert mostly white people who are trying to virtue signal probably but its core tenet is accountability holding those in power accountable for their actions it's a way to say you might be popular, you're a famous comedian, or you're a powerful politician, or you're the richest person on earth, but you know what? You have opinions that are continuing to support racism in America, or sexism in the workplace, or things that are actively hurting our communities. And because of that, we want to call that out and be able to take you down a peg, whether that's 
uh, organizing a massive boycott or somehow preventing people from streaming your music or supporting you in one way or another, right? We want those consequences so you understand that your bad actions, your bad opinions are harming people. And I think that is like fine. That's a very uh, just and morally uh, justifiable way to exact cancel culture. But then there's cancel culture as trashing, where what you're doing is like, yes, you're going to call out someone for a bad tweet or a bad opinion. And like, yeah, that that's a bad take. Sure. But then you go as far as to abuse them and try to strip them of power. And at that point, you get to the, the point where the punishment doesn't match the transgression. Mm. And then that really calls into question, who is in the wrong here? Is it the person who tweeted a bad take? A after like years of not tweeting any bad takes, but just that one, right? Is, are they in the wrong? Or is it this mob of people who are willing to hurt someone they don't know personally just so they feel like like they got their social justice points for the day. Like, that's right. I'm standing up for you, black people, by calling out this famous person. See, I'm one of the good boys. You know, who who's more in the wrong there? Yeah, I. Yeah, I think the the other part of that, too, is. um. So when when a group of people are out to cancel someone for doing A, B and C thing, um, whatever it is. The, no matter what their what their history is in terms of saying something inflammatory or what have you, uh, what is the ultimate goal of attempting to cancel someone, right? Like, what, what, what are you trying to are you trying to boot them off the platform, right? Are you trying to get them to delete their account? Are I mean, in some cases, are you trying to get them fired from their from their job, like ruin their life, like? What what's the end goal and where does it stop? Because like 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 in some cases like I it comes across as like some people won't be happy until this person's dead. Um. Yeah. And uh, that gets yeah. that gets a little a little fishy, and it goes back to what Robert was saying uh, about learning and growing as a person. Because especially if it's someone who's like, hey, maybe they just hold a point of view or they said something that was off color or um what what have you like what like so you're gonna try and ruin their life and likely what you're gonna do is you're gonna end up pushing them to double down on whatever mm -hmm. that thing is or push them away entirely you know and yeah i mean that's that's not healthy in any sense it's not healthy yeah i think um there's a lot the the reason why uh cancel culture has been taken as like an inherently negative thing versus like a like a, uh, a cause for accountability is because there's there's no stopping point there's no like uh we all called you out so that you would issue a public apology or like so that you would change something that you were doing or so that you would uh realize that you were being insensitive toward you know x issue um that's not where it ends is the thing uh, instead it's this continual dogging of like well you did problematic thing one time so you're permanently irrelevant toward anything that you're trying to talk about or grow toward and it's it's just very disappointing um that that's where we're at 
that if you have your life online, which you likely do, because that's just the way things are now, you have to watch what you say at all times. Um, my girl, uh, which I'll still claim her as my girl, Lindsay Ellis, uh, girl. called this the beast. Um, this this constant worry that you're going to say something or tweet something or have something misconstrued and then be canceled for it or have people say like, um, you know, misunderstand it purposefully in order to be like, well, you clearly believe in something problematic because you said something that could be construed as problematic and therefore you canceled. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in response to our Super Straits video, I mean, I, there's someone said to us uh, something to the effect of like, because we hold these points of views, we're per like we're perpetrating rape or something like that or perpetuating rape rather or legitimizing um, i think was the word they use yeah and wild i was like <laughs> right. i have no idea how your mental gymnastics go from a to b there at all like i mean at all i can let's go down that far right rabbit hole real quick we say super straights are a dumb identity they say I am super straight because a trans person tried to rape me by saying if I don't have sex with them, I'm transphobic. So I'm either transphobic or raped. That's to them. That's their their worldview. Right. And because that's how they see the world. When we say your identity as a super straight is dumb, they think we're saying it's OK for you to be raped by a trans person. And. You know, when, when you when you examine that middle part of the argument that is trans people are out to, out to just get the sex all the time no matter what there's so many things that fall apart and break apart right but okay jk rowling yeah yeah but they believe in it therefore they're able to make those mental gymnastics right i think another one if we're bringing up lindsay ellis right who did recently do the whole mask off mask off video right um for her, it was comparing Raya the Last Dragon to Avatar the Last Airbender legitimizes Asian genocide. Ooh, it's a right. jump. It's a jump. It's a leap. <laughs> and when you examine their jump, it's that Lindsay is um, is basically saying <laughs> all Asian shows are the same or all Asian themes are the same. And therefore, all Asians are simple. And therefore, it's justified to genocide the Asians. I, I guess is that the, the train of thought? It, yeah, it's somewhere around there. And and she did make a good point in the mask off video of pointing out that it's it's not a lot of Asian American people or straight up Asian people telling her this. It's it's white folks on Twitter, mm -hmm. and um. She was very, very kind to uh, be canceled at this time. It was very convenient for us to have her as kind of a case study. We watched the canceling happen real time. Uh, her name started trending on Twitter and then it was like, wait, what is happening? And it was like she deleted her Twitter entirely. And it's like, why? What happened? And it's like, oh, bad tweet. It's like, oh, what was the bad tweet? A very lukewarm eh, take about a movie that people haven't seen mm -hmm. largely because there was already controversy around it and comparing it to avatar the last airbender of which we we can a lot of modern stories have taken 
quite a bit of inspiration from Avatar The Last Airbender. And I think that's going to be a statement. I could, I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. Whoa. Controversial. Yeah. It- but so, so that's what happened. People were like, Lindsay, you're being racist. Oh my gosh. Just apologize. You're being a terrible person. Yeah. And what makes that so tough to me is that the people who are trying to do the canceling, right, um, are often doing it in bad faith in that example, right? Because they're reading into the one tweet and they're reading anti-Asian sentiments in it. Whereas had you have seen the movie, which I guess I, I haven't, if I'm being transparent, I haven't seen Raya, right? But the way that Lindsay lays out that movie in her mask off video i'm like oh yeah i think i would watch that and say there's a lot of avatar here huh because there's just a lot of plot threads that follow it right yeah i mean the fact that it's set in southeast asia right like the fact that that's the the thing most people know about the movie that it's like based in southeast asian culture i think that maybe uh primed a lot of people to see Oh, Lindsay just thinks one Asian based show is the same as another Asian based show. Therefore, she thinks all Asian things are the same when that's not quite the case. Right. Yeah. It's easy to make those. Excuse me. It's easy to make those snap judgments. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a lot of people out there, too, especially with someone who has a following like like Lindsay does, you know, you're getting so many different people seeing seeing her content. I will say that you guys kind of hit on something already that I see on Twitter a lot. We all see it on Twitter a lot um, that usually it's a lot of people that come from the majority that are trying to, how do I put this, be offended for marginalized people in a lot Mm -hmm. of cases, even when they are like, hey, guys, like, don't feel offended by this. So don't worry about it. They're like, no, 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 no. This is offensive for you. Let me be offended for you. Yeah. 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 That's the way it comes across. uh, She she did a good uh, point of pointing that out, too, where it's like, listen to Asian voices, listen to Asian voices. And it was just this cacophony of presumably white people on Twitter telling her to do that. And it's like, I'm trying to, but it's very hard when you're all telling me the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then not giving room for those actual people to speak up. Yeah, it, it very much comes across as like, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course, Black Lives Matter. And but you got a lot of people that it's it, it comes across like, like, yeah, yeah, Black Lives Matter. No, no, shut up, you you black people. Like, I'm trying I'm trying to, like, stand up for you. And it's all about me, 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 because I'm standing up for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, there's something to be said about someone who is white. Um like speaking up for those views, right? Because just generally speaking, unfortunately, we live in a world where white people have the most uh, speaking power, right? Mm. So it's good that they're able to prop up those voices. But then you have to prop up those voices. That's yeah, the thing. You have exactly. to follow through, right? Um, and and speaking as the one-sixth of Asian in our, our three-person podcast here, right? Because I'm half Asian, right? To say listen to Asian people is also a tiny bit flawed in that it assumes that all Asians are a hive mind and we all feel the same way about everything. Is that is that not the way it works? Y- yep, that is. That's why Japan and Korea are best friends. 
oh, since right. the yeah. beginning because they're just they're basically this they're all basically chinese right yeah Th- that's that's the vibe that i get that's underneath that listen to all asians right because it implies they're all chinese anyway they're all the same asian anyway right when that's really not the case yeah i mean a lot i mean that could also be said with like you know people are still individuals you know everyone has their own individual experience like yeah there there are some like recurring problems here and there i.e you know cop violence on black people and other marginalized groups um but like it it's one of those things where you know everyone's experience is going to be different and you can't just completely speak like with 100 percent certainty for one given group of people mm-hmm. it's just not how it works yes and but people do that and uh some of the people that do that is i'm gonna i'm gonna introduce a vocabulary word here woke scold woke scold woke scold so so the two parts of that are woke obviously like i'm so woke i'm i know about um you know current social issues and i i take the correct stance on those issues and then scold being the part where it's like we're gonna call out people when they're not being woke or when they make a bad take and i don't think there's anything wrong inherently with being like hey consider like re-examining your last tweet it kind of comes off as shitty it's fine but when you're like oh my god you're super racist for (laughs) doing x and i'm not going to explain why it's super racist for having done that or making those giant leaps of like you said um you know that you're super straight or that uh you like don't like super straights and therefore you are pro rape like those leaps get in like assumed and that's why people throw crazy uh accusations at other people that are getting canceled for presumably uh not being woke enough Mm -hmm. it's just about that one little mistake right and then and then the mask comes off and mask off mask off and then here's the list here's the receipts of all the other bad things that that person's done right in the past whatever many years uh lindsay ellis dives into that really deep in her video if you haven't seen that yet but it's it's just so odd to me that cancel culture the the cancel the idea to cancel someone started in such good faith right it started in a place that wanted to hold those in power accountable right but Mm -hmm. now it's being abused to perpetuate abuse to people who don't really deserve it, right? Like, let's take Lindsay Ellis, right? Let's say she did tweet in bad faith that, yes, she sees two Asian-inspired things as the same thing. Therefore, Asian culture is too simple for her or something. Whatever they're reading into it, right? Um, Let's assume that's exactly what Lindsay meant, okay? Well, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. She didn't. If that's the case... Are we, is the culture mob, are we better off helping her learn why that's a bad take? Are we better off letting her run away off of Twitter, forcing her actually to run away off of Twitter so she can be scooped up by the Ben Shapiro's of the world who who would sympathize with her for being canceled just like what ben did with um oh, who the the star wars lady mandalorian the Mandal- uh, uh kara 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 i don't Kara-Dang. watch much star wars but she was canceled yeah, we know who you're talking about she was canceled and therefore ben shapiro great 
great, smart, opinionated man who has all the right takes sweeps her up, takes her under his wing and is like, look, I know you got canceled by the woke mob, but it's okay. You're safe here. You're in the good place now where we're going to protect you because you're still correct. You are allowed to double down on your bad opinions because those guys, that mob out there, they're the ones really in the wrong. There, there's some sort of like Star Wars simile or metaphor there. <laughs> yeah, the dark yes. side, etc. Yeah. Some, something like that. It, only a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah. There so, you go. so yeah. If if we're if we're gonna pretend Lindsay did have all the truly bad takes that everyone is putting onto her, which again she didn't, wouldn't it be better to help her learn why that's a bad take as opposed to shame her? To the point where she is forced to decide between deleting her Twitter or doubling down, or in many cases, both. Yeah. And this is the point where I want to point out the effects of cancel culture, because it's it goes, again, beyond just what happens on the Internet. I think that there's a huge psychological issue here where uh, the growth is not allowed and um we're turning people that would otherwise be allies into like oh well shit like this community treated me so shittily that i'm gonna turn against it um public shaming used to be a thing that we would do uh in many countries uh as like an actual punishment for like stealing or like adultery when that was still on the books and stuff like that and it was actually outlawed not because it stopped being effective because it's like oh i don't i don't care if like my neighbor is publicly shamed i got my own stuff to deal with or like because cities were larger and therefore there was more anonymity in that it was stopped because public shaming was too cruel like even not not just like the whipping etc but like putting someone out in the stocks so that you walk by and you know that they committed adultery or whatever it's too cruel. It psychologically stars that person in such a way that it's, it's hard to continue functioning for the rest of your life. And that's um, what has happened to some people that have been uh, very publicly shamed, very publicly canceled because of like bad Twitter tweets, uh, Twitter tweets, um, like uh, Justine Sacco, who you might remember as the woman who like she was a PR official, which is what gives this all a very ironic tint. But before getting on a plane ride to South Africa, she tweeted, um, I'm, I don't have the verbatim tweet in front of me. It was like, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding, I'm white. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bad tweet, bad take, not funny, not great. But while she was in the air um, on that like 15-hour flight, uh, it blew up the tweet and people blew up at her understandably for like, wow, that's a super racist tweet that can be read as super offensive. Um, and from then on, she lost her job in PR, which again, pretty understandable. But from then on, that haunted her like mm-hmm. through any job, not even jobs that would involve making tweets on Twitter. Um, and her relationships deteriorated. This is all outlined in that um, book I mentioned before by uh, Ron Johnson, the So You've Been Publicly Shamed. It's it's not something that you get over. John Ronson. It's not something that John, yeah. 
that guy. I can't. <laughs> Wait, it's John Ronson. Yeah, it's John Ronson. Ron Johnson. Yeah, John. It's it's Ron. Yeah, John Ronson. That's Ron what it is. Cancel Swanson? me for this. Uh. <laughs> John. Yeah. Um. Swanson. That guy. But I digress. Um. It's not something people are ever really allowed to get over. Mm. Um. Not only like in terms of like your online health for yeah. your uh image but also for your mental health in your everyday life yeah um so this is something that gives me great pause and great anxiety to talk about this is not something that i've really talked about publicly before but i feel like i need to talk about it because this is where it would be more most relevant and how it can affect like how, cancel culture can not only affect the person who is the like whoever has a platform but could also affect the people involved with that person and their fans. Okay. So, okay. Um, I'm going to try to keep it short, but there, there was a time when Colin Moriarty, who Colin Moriarty, who was an ex IGN editor, uh, he went off with a bunch of other editors. They found it kind of funny, kind of funny, got a huge fan base because they all loved them at podcast beyond follow kind of funny. And there's a lot more you can read about it online, but a base, basically what happened was there was a huge falling out over a tweet of Collins with the rest of the guys that kind of funny. Uh, he didn't want to apologize, turned into a big thing, huge mishap. He was attempted to be canceled, and there was articles about him being a misogynist and a racist and like all these different things that were completely irrelevant to the tweet he had even sent out. Um, and it basically it was a huge attempt to cancel him. He didn't end up getting canceled. He ended up leaving kind of funny, forming his own company, doing his own podcast. And I like, you know, ever since kind of funny, me personally, I'd been a few huge fan of his been covering PlayStation for a really long time. And I understand he's a controversial figure. I don't agree with all of his viewpoints. Just throwing that out there as a disclaimer. Okay. When this affected me, and I'm, I'm sorry, this, this is really anxious for me to talk about this, but how this affected me was, um, Back in 2019, uh, there was PAX West was about to happen. Okay. Big game convention. And Colin and his co-host Chris were going to be there. They're going to do a panel talking about Sacred Symbols, their PlayStation podcast. Fairly innocent stuff. They applied, had that panel. It was approved by Penny Arcade. And okay, they were set. Well, just about maybe a month or two before that happened, it was canceled. Like the normal use of that word is in it. The event is not happening. Yes. The event was, is not happening. Right. And they did not give them a clear reason as to why it was canceled. So that led people to speculate. It was because, you know, Colin is considered a controversial figure in the game space, blah, 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 because of his politics or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Even though he like maybe leans center left. Is, is probably how I would put him. I wouldn't even he I wouldn't even really call him conservative. Um, so the way the reason why this affected me was because during that summer I had been on his podcast. Okay, like I flew out to L.A. and I was on his podcast Fireside Chats at the time, which was an interview show. Just talked about band stuff, pretty innocent things. Okay, and it was right around the time of PAX happening that year that the episode with him that I was on was published now when it was announced that Colin was going to be a PAX like physically going to be there he got physical threats on his person I'm talking like 
milkshakes thrown at him, him being punched and assaulted, that sort of thing. So I'm seeing discourse within part groups that I'm a part of that are, you know, people that are kind of funny fans and things like that. It's extremely stressful, you know? And so here, here I'm, I am like going to PAX, like I'm ex- feeling extremely anxious because I was, you know, I basically am in the public eye with this person who is being threatened. And here I think that like, is there a possibility that I could be threatened or assaulted? You know, and luckily nothing happened. Long story short, you know, the thing got canceled and, you know, a lot of people were really pissed about that. It was a whole controversy. But that's how like stuff like cancel culture can directly and indirectly affect people and the people associated with them. And because of that whole fiasco, Colin since canceled his interview show. He doesn't I mean, he was at welcoming essentially strangers into his house and he stopped that because he was afraid he was going to get hurt. And quite frankly, I think Colin is really low on the list of people that descend on offensive things. And, and I've listened to him a long time and I have a lot of like some of his views I straight up don't agree with. Okay. But I don't, I think he is an inherently bad person that's worth getting canceled over. But that's just another one of these examples, like in Lindsay's case, you know, mm-hmm. that like, she, yeah, she had people, a, people were being called out for not denouncing her. And it's like, why haven't you said anything about Lindsay? Why haven't you said anything about Lindsay? Oh, so you endorse her views. Duh, 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 duh. You know, that that fun diatribe for everyone else. Exactly. And so my my fandom of Collins and me being associated with him is, is something that I've been very hesitant, apprehensive about talking about publicly. You know, I don't really openly talk about it because I'm, I'm afraid of the repercussions. I'm afraid that I'm going to be have judgment cast upon me just because I associate with this person because I listen to their podcast, Mm. you know? And that's, I mean, like I said, like, I don't believe that just because you listen to someone or anyone else that makes you a bad person, that that doesn't even mean that the person that you're listening to is a bad person. Right. You know? Um, And so that, that's what I'm saying. That's like, this is just another case study and that's how it's affected me personally. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah, to me, that opens the book to, um, to, to two things I want to bring up about cancel culture in that we've already kind of covered the lack of forgiveness, right? Um, even never though a lot forgive, of people never forget, right? Even though a lot of people will say like, you should apologize. Why haven't you apologized yet? Right. Even if you did apologize, even if you did a fake PR apology, even it's never going to be enough. Even if it's mm-hmm. sincere, even if you truly learned your lesson, it's never going to be enough. Because at that point, it's it's not about discourse. It's not about whether you've learned your lesson or learned anything. It's just about you being shamed. That That's the impetus and the conclusion of when you are the target of it, right? Um, so one, there is never forgiveness. Two, there is never the, um, the admission that humans are multifaceted beings, right? Let's take something really innocent and simple, okay? I what what's something childish that I hate? I never liked Game of Thrones. I've always thought it was boring. <sighs> Whenever I saw like snippets of an episode while roommates or friends were watching it, I was like, "How do millions of people like this? This is a stupid fucking show. It's Lord of the Rings light." And I also don't like Lord of the Rings. That's another, you know, low milk toast, low stakes take. But I don't like Lord of the Rings. I also think it's very boring, okay? But 
I also really, really like Persona. So now all of a sudden, I am a two-sided human being. To Lord of the Rings fans, I am the scum of the earth. I am the devil. I am hated. I am misunderstood because how could someone not like Lord of the Rings, right? But then to Persona fans, I'm one of the good ones because they they get it. I get it. They I get them. They get me, right? Like, yeah, I'm one of the cool, good people, but I'm multifaceted. I can be a good person in the Persona fandom and I can be a bad person in the Lord of the Rings fandom, right? Mm. Now let's swap Lord of the Rings and Persona with like high stakes political issues, right? Gendered mm. issues, sex mm. trans issues, right? Like once once you throw those things in there, once someone has one bad take about any of those high stakes issues, they are a bad person. And you assume that they probably have bad takes about all of these other things, right? And that's not to say, like, if we take J.K. Rowling as an example, I do still firmly believe that her power and platform and the fact that she is a very anti-trans person is very problematic. I am willing to say I don't think she's necessarily a great person. Right. But at the mm -hmm. same time, her her crazy mind is also responsible for your childhood. So yeah. she can be multifaceted. There can be things about her that are good and things about her that are bad. And with her, there's that problem of if you support buying a Harry Potter book, you're tacitly supporting trans rights or trans, anti-trans, anti, not rights. Yes. No trans rights. No rights. Yeah. Trans and, crime. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's not that, it's not like you buy a Harry Potter book and on the book, there's a sticker that says, thank you for hating the trans, right? Like, that's not how it works. You just buy the Harry Potter book because you like Harry Potter and then your money goes to someone who happens to not support trans rights. So to say that everyone who's a fan of Harry Potter is against trans people is extremely disingenuous, right? Because again, mm -hmm. everyone is a multifaceted human being. Everyone has different takes about different things. And that's something cancel culture, I feel like, fails to get in that to bring it back to Lindsay Ellis or to Colin uh, Moriarty. Uh, well, yeah, let's do Colin Moriarty because I feel like we've already talked out Lindsay Ellis quite a bit. Colin sure. Moriarty had one bad take about women, right? Uh, it was in his tweet something about making fun of women a, on was, International uh, Women's Day. Uh, peace and quiet. Hashtag day without a woman on National Women's Day. Right. It's very boomer humor. Yeah. yeah and that was I agree. Point. That's a very bad take. And and like in a vacuum, I understand why so many people took that the wrong way, right? And I mean, I'm I'm still of of the persuasion that maybe Colin Moriarty's views about uh women's rights, I could see that being problematic for some people, right? But at sure. the same time, he has a very successful Patreon. Many, many people listen to his hot takes about shit that doesn't matter, like PlayStation games. Right. Like when we're talking about women's rights versus is God of War good or not? One of those things is important. The other one is just stupid fun shit that I love, but it's stupid fun shit. Right. Women's yeah. rights. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so so I can disagree with that one really bad take of his that is pretty high stakes, but I can still think in some ways I understand why people will come to him for his hot takes about PlayStation because they're able to divorce the the bad take from the good takes of his because he's a multifaceted being. Right. And I also don't want to run the risk of be like I don't want to be like the defense party for Colin over here or anything like that cuz I'm extremely biased. I will say that outright. Um but like yeah, so it definitely was just a joke and 
he is like fairly open about like being challenged, you know, and having a conversation. He definitely gets hot takes, um, but he's definitely not without like, you know, he puts himself up for debate. That's what I'll say. I, yeah, I feel like the idea of like be like, let's be critical of the things that we love. Let's be critical of the narratives that we love. Let's be critical of, you know, the shows and the songs and the people that we love. It's it's fine to be like realize those flaws and be like, I understand that this is problematic in X way, but it's still like a guilty pleasure or it's still something that I find value in. That that's the thing is that um mm-hmm. there's nuance. Amazing. Everything has nuance. Who'd have thought? And there are those occasions where it's like I feel the need to like kill my hero in the sense of like I don't feel like I can go back and read Harry Potter and still feel the same like magical way because of the things that JK Rowling has said. And that's fine. But it's also fine for people to be like, I'm still going to go back and watch those uh, videos or read those books from this problematic person um, and know that they're they're transgressions and be aware of that. But also be like, but this is cool stuff. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, too, like what you know, what if it's someone who like maybe they're an artist or they've made something right. But what they've done is like pretty objectively terrible. Um, like probably one of my go to examples is is the lead singer of the band Lost Prophets and how basically he was like trying to fuck babies, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Very dark, very fucked up, like pretty objectively terrible. Um and so but at the same time, Lost Prophets had some like charting songs like they had some songs that were pretty big for a while there and so how people view that and if it's okay for them to like go back and listen to that sort of thing that's that's i think that's going to vary person to person but at the same time it's like okay like that it's like okay that dude is canceled (laughs) as far as i'm concerned you're done i mean it's the death of the author basically right yeah that like there are Mm. people who can't listen to michael jackson anymore because of yeah what was it neverland or whatever there are people who can't listen to r kelly anymore or chris brown right yeah and i mean i'm i lean toward that too when i know the artist is kind of a shitty person and they hold such deeply problematic views it is harder for me to enjoy their art i don't think i i mean i never enjoyed harry potter in the first place i mean that was okay it was fine um but if i were a big fan i think with where i stand right now i don't think i could continue to be a fan of harry potter because where I land is death of the author isn't something I can really jive with. Right. But I can understand mm. people who would still want to read Harry Potter because it's not like you're saying, Oh, you're a fan of Michael Jackson. You must like touching children. Like, no, that's not, and there's that jump. Yeah. That's not exactly it. In the same way of, uh, you know, Oh, you listen to R Kelly. You must like to piss in a closet. I <laughs> you know or or date underage girls right like that's not quite the same thing and i think that also brings up the fact that cancel culture sort of doesn't work yeah yeah like louis ck famously canceled for 
for being a pretty skeevy kind of sexual predatory individual. Yeah. Um, he, he did a career hiatus for 10 months. And then when he came back, sold out shows, controversial, hot takes, everybody loved him again. And at that point, it wasn't canceling didn't negatively affect his career. If anything, it pretty much bolstered his career because the other side sympathize with him more. Now he's a victim. He's a victim of the cancel culture mob. And I want to support him for that because he's been wronged. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I also want to touch upon, too that where where does this go as far as people who weren't plugged in you know what i'm saying because cancel culture isn't gonna necessarily apply to any of those people they're like you know because if you're not up on what the hell's happening or who the, who's getting canceled on twitter or what have you you're gonna be like i don't fucking know and i don't care like some people just don't care you know yeah like oh jk rowling what now like i don't, I don't fucking care whatever like i just like harry potter uh, you I know mean, her her book sales shot up in the summer of 2020. Just saying. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's like with anything it else, it's work. like who, who be what now? It's like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to, who the fuck's Lindsay Ellis, you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean that her mask off video, like a million views instantly. Um, I, I'm very curious about how her, her books will do now. She's got a pre-order for her sequel to the, uh, first, of a uh, trilogy or a saga of sci-fi books that she has uh, going on right now. And it, uh, it's wild y'all. It's um, I, I think I'm that that's the problem with this conversation is that there is nuance. It's like, yeah, I'm going to support people calling out injustice, but I can also recognize simultaneously that the mob doesn't always get it right. And nor does it, dole out the correct punishment and sometimes that punishment has no effect whatsoever mm-hmm. it's the the nature of the world that we live in um and it it's really frustrating especially when uh people you know quote unquote like get away with things when we hear that jk rowling has made money off of like being transphobic and writing horrendous three thousand word blogs about how uh, trans folks are gonna stalk women in bathrooms. Yep, that's how um, that works. Ugh. That's how that works. I think it's still g- good to to talk about that and to have discussions about that. But I'm not getting out the pitchforks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and much in the same way that you have the the internet trickle down of memes. Uh, so and and in case you don't know, usually Reddit Reddit has the memes. Then they spread to Twitter. Then they spread to Facebook. Then they spread to everywhere else. Um, cancer culture has kind of done the same thing because the people that aren't plugged in, right? Even the people that aren't plugged in that hardly get on social media platforms that maybe only are connected to the outside world through network cable news, right? They even know what cancel culture is now, right? right? We're to the point now where Congress, like the Senate and House floors, the phrase cancel culture is getting thrown around pretty flagrantly, uh, most notably right now because of Jim Jordan and Matt Gates. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings me to where I want to go in that. Um, right. I, I think for, for a good while here, we've been firing our lasers at the left, uh, like the far left, the, the Wokies. Right. Um, yeah. 
which wakey wakey now yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go back to brandon who said like people are allowed to not like you they're not allowed to want nothing to do with you and these are lessons under the playground he said uh to me cancel culture just seems like people getting upset about their actions having consequences and i think this is where that's applicable yeah well because because the thing is you know i i want to be clear the three of us here are pretty left-leaning people i i assume i think um so the fact that we're scolding the left maybe you might be seeing this as oh these guys are secretly alt right their mask is finally off they they're secretly right wing people they want to eat babies or some shit i don't know um the frogs Delicious. are gay i don't know but the it, frogs are gay. <laughs> oh, the frogs are gay now yeah something about globalists i don't know some stupid bullshit right wing talking points but the thing is the fact that the the quote-unquote woke left the the quote-unquote cancel culture mob the fact that they're abusing cancel culture and the fact that they're pointing the cancel culture laser at anything and everything that says one wrong thing and are holding all these receipts to prove that all of these people are wrong even lindsay ellis or contrapoints who i would argue uh pretty left-leaning people if i had to if i had to guess there was i don't a, know there's a good point about uh like um thorn at the time being called out and being like wow you're just like super anti-trans and then it's like philosophy tube abigail thorn yeah uh down the line isn't it funny how things work mm -hmm. and yeah and you know it's, it's that common argument of like the left is eating itself like this is why they win uh, not that i think the us versus them mentality is the right way to look at it but it shouldn't be the us versus us too right like that's not mm -hmm. the right way either um and that the left holds this like really high standard. Everyone has to be super duper pure. And once once they do one little fuck up, they're unpure. We are going to send this them is away. Fucking purity politics. Yeah. yeah. So so the fact that the left abuses the cancel culture thing like that allows the right to run with it. And now say, they're using it as a scapegoat. Exactly. They're saying, oh, the left is trying to cancel me. I, Ted Cruz, who abandoned my own fucking people in a once in a generation, you know, snowstorm. blackout? Yeah, rolling blackouts because Texas is so independent. We don't get power from other people. I'm going to go to Cancun. And now the left is trying to cancel me for not doing my job. Like, that's the stupid shit he can say and get away with. And that's the stupid shit that right wing voters are going to be able to empathize with because now ted cruz is a victim of the left-wing cancel mob yeah and the the fact of the matter is the people that especially the older vo voters and and that sort of group that are voting republican are going to hear that and be like oh yeah yeah okay yeah cancel culture it's it's stupid because they just want to get rid of our our ideals and they don't want the right to be in the government these fucking mm -hmm. lefties and yeah it's just so completely reductive and it's gross and did we put ourselves here? I don't know. Kind of starting to feel like, like, you know, just we're kind of, this is the consequence of our own actions, <laughs> you know? Whoa. Consequences. have consequences. Oh, uh, who'd have thought, you know, but people like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, apparently it's cancel culture. And uh, no, I definitely didn't have sex with, you know, a 17 year old girl or, uh, you know, or in Jim Jordan's case, cover up Ohio State's, you know, sex abuse case with a wrestling team. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, and it's a big old bait and switch between accountability and cancel culture. And it's like those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can't they're not synonyms, mm -hmm. I don't think. But people are trying to say that they are.
Yeah, it, yeah. it goes back to what I said earlier, where there's two types of cancel culture, mm-hmm. accountability and trashing. Mm-hmm. And right now, trying to hold Matt Gates accountable for possibly having sexual relations with minors, that is accountability. What he yes. is trying to pass it off as is trashing. The left is trashing him and trying to sully his reputation. Slander. Yeah. 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 Also, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna hit on Jim Jordan anyway. And, uh, Gross. Anytime I can. Hit him. Anytime Smack I can him. in this podcast because <laughs> fuck Jim Jordan. First of all, I I this is this is extremely personal for me because he represents my district, my congressional district back in Ohio, from where I grew up. So I just I have a very personal <laughs> attachment, and I also graduated from Ohio State. So I apologize him in advance if you, the audience, ever gets annoyed at me talking about this. But fuck Jim Jordan. He can go to fucking prison probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah he can, like, literally. He can rot in prison yeah yeah but that's the thing the right is using anti-cancel culture as a get out of jail free card right um to me the most prominent example is during trump's impeachment trial where his defense oh. lawyers literally said this is constitutional cancel culture when your accountability weapon can be used as a defense in the highest court of law, like literally probably one of the high, well, not the Supreme Court, but you know, like that is one of the biggest trials you can fucking have where you need to have an ironclad defense. And if their defense can be essentially saying these Wokies are trying to cancel everyone, including the president, maybe the Wokies have fucked up somewhere. Somewhere down the line, things, things have gotten very muddled um, and we're not, no one's getting the results that I think that they want to happen. Um, I think that trolls have definitely co-opted a lot of this and are like well we just gotta wait until someone slips up and then we'll be in the wings with the receipts and we'll take them down a peg um which i think was like very very evident with um in the aftermath of what happened with lindsay ellis people were like jenny's next like jenny nicholson uh youtuber who often talks about uh beanie babies and my little pony stuff they were like she's next she's getting taken down next she went to target for a gigantic stuffed spider like what do you want from her what canceled (laughs) that's what people want they want they want people to disappear at least from uh the internet and its happenings and again that's not accountability that's not um learning from what you've done um It, it is it is that lovely our new term of the century i'm very uh curious as to like will the 20th the the roaring 20s we're mm-hmm. in the roaring 20s will it be the canceling 20s cancel 20s so on the honest to god 20s. we might get an alternative definition in webster's dictionary for cancel i could see it that's the thing yeah um there there needs to be uh more nuance and i i think people need to learn the difference between like a a good canceling and a bad canceling yeah um which again just people need to learn about like people will act in bad faith believe it or not oh absolutely there's a lot of people that genuinely don't believe the shit that they're saying yeah and the thing that bothers me most about it is it, it boils down to like first of all who the people are on especially twitter who are doing the canceling right because a lot of them hide behind a nominee anonymity i always struggle with that one mm-hmm. um you know usually they're, they're like what used to be eggs or just like anime profile pictures and just kind of like you know going at someone on twitter it's a pretty yeah. common thing to see but also just carrying this holier than thou attitude as if no one who is canceling someone else has ever committed a, a mistake in their entire life mm-hmm. you know 
maybe they didn't do it publicly per se, but you're telling me you've never made an ignorant statement or said something off color or or held the wrong point of view, and but then later learned, or maybe yeah. you still hold a, the wrong point of view. Like no, no one's fucking perfect. This your stuff just might not be posted everywhere on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I don't know if you guys do this, but like I I mean it's because of that that I'm fairly careful about like what I post. The beast, yeah. the beast yeah. hovers Th- above us all. Modeling. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too where where it bothers me as a as a con as a content creator as as the three of us are content <laughs> creators. I mean, you'll notice all most of our content, if not all of it is like hour long podcasts. I think this one's probably going to end up being, I don't know, 10 hours. Who knows? Um, yeah. But strap in y'all. Yeah. We're here for a while. We're not even <laughs> done with act one. No, it, but it, that it ends in 10 minutes. No, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it might fucking knows, but yeah. we're, we, we do podcasts, right? These are long form discussions, right? In that obviously I, I've said it a few times before on our show, a lot of our arguments are made in layers because we're having what, what many adults would call a discussion not a tweet. Yes. Right. And it bothers me when, when we're taking like left tubers, Jenny Nicholson, contra points, Lindsay Ellis, we're going to cancel them over one tweet when they devote their entire lives as content creators to creating 30 minute, 40 minute, hour long, 90 minute long videos that are deep dives that are, you know, well thought out discussions that examine multiple sides of any and every issue to present a full case to you so you understand things from as many dimensions as possible so then you can make a decision about things and obviously they lean toward you know nudging you to their left-leaning decisions but they tend to do pretty good jobs of laying out a fully thought out argument right one that that requires more understanding than reading 140 characters on twitter right exactly and And Go, well, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go, it just bothers me that these people are trying to cancel others who are generally left leading too. They're one of you, right? Over a tweet and ignore their bodies of work that have thousands of hours put into it, where you can consume hundreds of hours of it to fully understand where they're coming from. Yeah, and that that touches on uh, like I remember Lindsay Ellis in her video because I think we all watched that video, but she like says that you know people like Donald Trump. And uh, I can't remember who else she named, but it's basically said that, like, they basically became uncancelable in a sense, you know, like they're they're elevated to the point where, like, oh, like people feel like we can't touch these people, but we can certainly touch these people that are pretty much in our in group. Mm-hmm. You know, we can bring these people down to size. So um, but yeah, I mean, to, but to Robert's earlier point about uh, having a nuanced conversation and, and why our content is, is, you know, a podcast of all things. Like, I, I, the story that I told in this podcast, there's no way in hell I would have told that over Twitter in a series of tweets. Are you kidding me? Are you just kidding one, me? Just one tweet. Colin Moriarty's thing made me sad. Tweet. Oh <laughs> You're my gonna get God. God. I would get. I would get that. lambasted. I absolutely would. You know, um, and that that's what this sort of allows. Like, I I realized that there's there's like. You know, no one's perfect, and there's a lot of nuance. And even the situation I was involved in, there's some, there's a lot of nuance there. And like, I was, I was pretty uncomfortable sharing that. I'm still uncomfortable thinking about it. You know, like I was really anxious during that whole event. You know, and during PAX, like I did, I thought I felt like I had to wash over my shoulder the entire time I was there. And like, I just don't think putting posting that on Twitter and telling that whole story would have gotten my point across without me 
you know, being stamped out by some sort of mob, you know, and mm-hmm. like somebody probably would have jumped in and said like, oh, well, yeah, but that's what you get for following someone who holds shitty views and blah, blah, blah. And it would have been useless to try and like have a conversation. You know, yeah, so. it, it, I think uh, overall that there's this, you can't grow, you right. can't change your opinions at any point. We're all set in stone. Um, and it's, it's very frustrating. It's, it's, I, I wish, uh, people were allowed to fail because I think you learn the most from failure. You don't learn as much from a great win, a great job than you do from a horrible time. Um, and I think that the nature of the internet and the way that everything is forever on the internet and someone's going to have eyeballs on that and judge you for it doesn't allow for a lot of failure. And I think we're losing something culturally because of that. Um, Yeah. People don't post their L's either. You know what I'm saying? People don't post them going through hardship. They post the good times in their life. I mean, Instagram is a perfect example of that. I know this is a whole other conversation, but I'm just talking about failures in general. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're not seeing the growth. uh, Unless it's someone who just literally posts everything they think, you know, on Twitter, which I'm sure some people do, but like, for the most part, you're seeing people at their best, you know, you're never seeing people when, you know, they like, oh, I just lost my job and I'm like dealing with depression and anxiety. I mean, you're seeing people post about that more and more, but it like, you don't know what that's really like to go through, you know, and people keep generally keep that shit off of social media. Generally, it's it's a little bit more ideal or I I don't want to say utopic. I just want to say ideal. Um, People are very aware of what they post and any kind of implications that might have um, and how people might misconstrue things. And it's it's uh, I guess like an unfortunate reality now. Like I'm very aware of like I run the our uh, podcast Twitter. Hi, you can follow us at everything in pod. Um, Tell Daily she's doing I'm, a great do- job because she does. A great uh, job. Thank you, but, but I'm, also try I'm to, always try to very her. worried. Please try, try to cancel cancel about her. getting, like, saying something that could be misconstrued because we talk about some controversial things, and then I'm afraid of like the things in the podcast episodes themselves being taken out of context, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It it's, it hovers over us all at all times. The judgment of the internet, and it's not a fun place anymore because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, that brings me back to the whole, like, long form versus short form, right? And that, like, I think, to Daly's point, probably all three of us have said something where if you sniffed it out, it'd be problematic. That one minute quote that Robert said, ah, so problem, he's a racist, because he said that, right? Um, I, I think that's probably true, like, possibly true for all three of us, because you can take yeah. context away from anything, and it can be problematic. I mean, I think, look no further then the reason ContraPoints was canceled like a year and a half ago, where it wasn't even the argument she made, it's the fact that she had uh, she had Buck Angel read 10 seconds of a thing, of a quote, of a John Waters quote. That's it. That's all it took. No, no other context around it. No understanding why or how it happened or what the larger point she's trying to make is. All that matters is she, she had Buck Angel in a video. That's it. That's the only Guilty thing you need to know. Guilty by association. Yeah, and... So when when you take context out of things, you can cancel any and everything. The question then becomes, 
who or what is worth canceling? Is it worth canceling large voices in leftist spaces that are genuinely, generally trying to do a pretty good job of highlighting marginalized communities or trying to explain hard to understand controversial topics? Or is it worth pointing that con that cancel culture laser at people who deserve to be canceled, like Matt Gates, like like pedophiles, like Trump, yep. yeah, like people who actually have done things and who have used and abused their status and power to yeah. do bad things and to enact bad things into the world? Well said. I, I think really the, the the closing statement that I have is the internet isn't real life, and sometimes. That's really easy to forget. Mm. I think we want to. My my closing would be: I think we want to do good, and I think we've all gotten very lost along the way. Mm -hmm. But I do. I have some hope because of that initial seed of like, I want to do good. I want to, you know, call out bad behavior when I see it and hold people accountable. But uh, method has not worked. Mm -mm. And and I know I pointed out earlier too, like cancel culture doesn't even work anymore, right? Because J.K. Rowling, Louis C.K., they're all doing very well anyway. But don't you think cancel culture would have a higher chance of working if it wasn't trying to cancel everyone? Yeah. And maybe that's it, not fair. It that's loses not... its potency when it's everyone versus just again those those people in power that have abused it mm -hmm. and and I, I want i guess i should clarify i don't want to say everyone because that can sound like a very far right they're trying to cancel everyone talking point but if you're trying to cancel anyone who makes one small problematic tweet or has one small bad take th there's a problem there what you should do is help them understand why that's a problematic take not ruin their life try to try to <laughs> throw them off twitter or anything like that isn't doing anyone a service that's just mob mentality yeah unless you're that girl who just got that job at nasa and like told that dude from nasa she's like yeah fuck you i just got a job at nasa don't do that yeah, <laughs> and then she lost her funny. job at nasa <laughs> sorry it's funny <laughs> that's a classic story oh yeah <laughs> you basically told the dude from nasa suck a dick dumb shit <laughs> yeah. i got a job at nasa like basically strive to be perfect but understand and have the humility that no one is perfect not even you you special person like have forgiveness yeah. robert, have humility fuck you robert okay. i'm canceling you i am perfect okay, i'm sure you aren't <laughs> i am absolutely flawless mm -hmm. and i've never had a bad take about anything ever i dare you no please don't oh god I don't mean, you like dig Naruto, up anything about one, me so. quick everyone everyone uh, delete your facebook cringe yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> let me dig into the depths of my fanfic.net account mm -hmm. that I don't remember the login for. I'm just saying, if you of... manage to find me on Facebook, I actually have gone like I just I don't delete my stuff. I'm like, I you know what? I'm just going to embrace the cringe because not pretty much all of it is is like none of it's off offensive. It's just cringe. It's just cringe in the classic sense. Mm hmm. And I mean, lest we forget, of course, Daily's very popular um, threesome Yahweh uh, slash slash fic of Naruto, Itachi, and Sasuke. You say Yahweh? 
Yahweh. Yeah, like, like the god. Yahweh. Like God. Yahweh's in there. Just a little bit of a little bit of religion yeah. in that threesome, you know. Um, Robert, <laughs> I was a dreary fanficer, so actually, no. Mm-hmm. That's some intense. I never published hente. the Naruto ones. They existed, but okay. I never published them publicly. <laughs> a light novel by Daily. A light novel, excuse me. I wrote 128,000 words. It's an anthology. <laughs> she invented a new genre. It's called the heavy novel. It's, it's a heavy uh. novel. The, the longest fan fiction or longest piece of fiction in existence is a Super Smash Bros. fan fiction. That's true. Do not underestimate the power of fanfic Jesus. authors, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's have that be our uh, final closing thought. Don't underestimate fanfic authors. Uh, don't underestimate the internet. Um, I want it to be a nice place, but instead it's uh, filled with uh, cancel culture and woke scolds and right-leading people like Matt Gates that then take advantage of that. I don't want this to be like a very um, like everything sucks take, but things suck when you don't allow for nuance. Yeah, there that'll be my hot take. They suck more so than they don't. I'll say that. Yeah, just do better, be better. Like scolding everyone. Well, the power of scolding doesn't work when everyone is scolded, right? When many people are scolded, it loses its power. Stop yelling. Let's all just take it down a couple octaves. Everyone stop yelling. Also, David, have the right Yakuza take. David (laughs) actually is the the most problematic part of all this is David's Yakuza takes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, guys. Okay. So thank you to David for listening. Um, Sorry for calling you out specifically. Um, If you'd like to call us out, uh, you can do that um, at Twitter at everything in pod or um, on the emails um, everything in pod at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Um, even if you think that you have like a totally different opinion and that we're not going to agree with you. Nuance. Let's encourage nuance. Mm-hmm. Everything has nuance. Um, our next episode is going to be about uh, Mortal Kombat again. So if you Mortal want to. Mortal Kombat. Thank you. Hopefully it's not Mortal um, Kombat you, in this comment section for this episode. Really, though. Uh, but if you want to be part of that conversation, watch the film. Let us know what you think. Um, and we will be talking about spoilers. So uh, just be aware when you're listening next that at one point we'll be like, dun, 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 spoilers. Yeah. Just I'm like sure that. we'll have a really great remix for that. But uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with us for as long as you have. Um, try not to be problematic, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Words to live by. Try not to yeah. be problematic. Our, our, actually, our next podcast is going to be our insincere apology. Yeah, we're gonna. Um, there's going to be tears, but like fake tears at some point. So look forward to that. Let's take a minute and. Finish.